you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Victory and Jay Mack are on tap to help us navigate the program. We will get around to some of your calls. Uh, yesterday, we had a pretty intense um, program as yeah. we looked at what's going on in Kansas. And Today. Hmm. I was going to say it's today in Kansas, right? Yeah. So it's yeah, today. today. <laughs> what we were talking about yesterday, um, all eyes on Kansas. Yep. I um, woke up not immediately, but as I was starting my day uh, and Kansas came or Kansans came to my heart. And, um, and so I was just praying for the people of Kansas this morning and asking the Lord to lead and to guide um, in particular to lead and to guide his people and to open eyes. I think this is one of those moments. And, and I was trying to think, you know, you always want to be careful, by the way, if some of our listeners are uh, tuned in and didn't get to hear yesterday's program and maybe listening in other parts of the country and not really aware of what's happening in Kansas. Kansas is kind of serving as um, almost sort of like a bellwether moment where it will kind of determine what it looks like for states mm. uh, moving forward in a post-row America, yeah. how they will regulate or have the opportunity to abolish. Hopefully that's the aim. That's where you, you're, you're moving towards, right? right? Abolishing abortion and um, making those incremental gains where the power is to the people um, that you don't have a Supreme Court. Kansas Supreme Court in 2019 um, decided that there was a constitutional right to abortion. It doesn't exist, doesn't exist. And uh, Kansans are going to vote on the amendment that is known as value them both today that will give power back to um, Kansans elected officials. Yeah, It goes back to the right of the people um, to decide what abortion and I, you know, I want to be very careful because I am 100 percent in favor of um, abolishing abortion. Amen. And I know I know quite a few people who when they hear regulate abortion, it just almost seems like how can Christians speak in those terms? What I, I, I guess for me, I prefer to look at it as uh, making incremental gains and and continuing to push against the system now. And and I would say this, I think that doesn't mean that we stop doing the work, right? right? While we exactly. wait for the abolition of abortion, you keep doing the work. And, right. and, I, and tell me what you think about this, Will the Great, because yeah. I was, you know, when you use the word abolish and, mm -hmm. and you think of, you know, abolitionist language, mm -hmm. you can't help but think of slavery. That's right. Right. And so like when I think about this, I think, OK, so while we were waiting for laws to be changed in our country and while we were waiting for things to happen um, at the height of slavery, you still had people um, putting in the work, doing the difficult work to make changes where they could. Right. to do the things that they could. I mean, I think what uh, 
overwhelmingly comes to mind would be something like the Underground Railroad, Mm -hmm. you know, or people writing abolitionist literature, like doing all of those things that were meant to stir the conscience, like to, to get people's eyes open. It didn't mean that you didn't want to see slavery abolished, right? Like you, you still wanted to see slavery abolished, but you were doing all of the work um, in the meantime, right? To save individual lives in a literal sense. And I think that's, that to me should be the parallel that we call to mind when we think about um, the opportunity that Kansans have. I don't, I don't know. What are are your thoughts on that? No, I I agree. And I I think uh, given, given the, the strategy and what's, what's at stake here in understanding the issue a lot more Mm-hmm. You know, it seems to me that if you are an abolitionist, you know, which, you know, I would consider myself, then y- you would vote yes, right? But then you will work yes, <laughs> to, like, right. make sure and hold uh, the people's feet to the fire, the legislators, whoever, you know, that th- it don't stop there. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to continue going, you know. It, I think that's the strategy. That's the That's what should happen. You know, Mm -hmm. because the way like it was already explained yesterday, they Mm -hmm. have to have this uh, to take place in order to uh, make more gains. The people have to have the power, which which is theirs. It has to be returned to them. It it is theirs. Right. And they just have to have it back. And and to me, that just seems very simple. You know, but I I don't want to I don't want to. There's a lot of people that didn't don't understand all of that stuff, though. Sure. And I think yesterday was great in being able to break down because I know initially, you know, until Abraham uh, broke down to me uh, via text, you know, what was at play Mm -hmm. that I didn't have a clear understanding of Mm -hmm. all of that, you know, all of that stuff. So I think there are a lot of people who don't really understand that. They just kind of see Oh man, in the past, you know, people have settled for mm-hmm. incremental and, and just stop there, you know, mm-hmm. and some people, you know, that say that they are pro-life didn't really want, didn't seem like they wanted, you know, abortion to be like done away with. Like there, there's some interest and in some things at play. And I think sometimes when people see stuff like this, they automatically say, ah, no, see, but knowing the information you're you're better prepared to say, okay, hold on, I see the strategy in it. I see where if there's not this, then there won't be this. And I think that makes a difference. And it's interesting because when I was listening to Abraham's show and there was a brother in the Lord who called into his his program and and he identified himself as an abolitionist. And and he said, no, we need to we need to have the kind of um, laws in place that protect babies just period like just we we need to protect babies we don't need to to um to regulate abortion we don't need and and as i was listening and and i thought abraham asked such a great question you know he was like okay so so do do we have anything in place right now where we could abolish abortion like and he's like well no we don't but what i'm saying is you know maybe in a year or so you go back to the drawing board and then you you write up laws that and so but i'm i guess what i'm but thinking in meantime, about is in the meantime yeah, right I I think of the precious lives that could be saved by the incremental gains that are made. Like I, I don't know. And, and and maybe, and we'll open the phone lines up. We will open the phone lines up because I I do want to hear from our listeners on this. I know that there are many abolitionists who would listen to this program and some of them may be, Oh, I thought the Addison's no. Yeah. We want to see abortion abolished, but I don't know if, if, if they have to be mutually exclusive that I think that the Lord (laughs) uses those, um, those 
incremental yeah. pushes from yeah. his people. Like to say, I, you know, I feel like we as the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are telling the truth. We are yeah. the ones who are tasked with telling the truth about who God is in any given culture. Yeah. And so I think for Christians to stand up and to say, no, it is barbaric to rip babies to pieces, right? Yeah. It, it is it is barbaric. And then to to circle back and come back again and say, but wait a minute. Right. Where does life begin? Well, well, you know what I mean? To the, make that argument. Yeah, this is an on-ramp into where the, I believe, you know, the abolitionists want to go. So mm -hmm. if they can see that and then and keep their, their uh, foot on the gas even after this vote, I think mm -hmm. that's the that's the job. You know, yeah. and it's funny we're talking about abolitionists. You know, even in, during the slavery time, there were there were different mindset. That's you know, so true. Oh man, great point. Yeah, some that was like, "Nah, we need to go ahead and overthrow and do some." Right, you know, yes, right now, and some favored incremental change. Right, some even favored repatriation. Uh, like maybe right. the maybe the black people in America could go back to Africa right. or like yeah, that's interesting. And I I think that um, Harriet Beecher Stowe, mm -hmm. who wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin, I read a um, a biography. It was a spiritual life. Uh, written about Harriet Beecher Stowe. And if I'm remembering, this has been a few years now, I think that she kind of had that view that maybe black people in America would be happier if they were able to go back to Africa. Mm. And so I think it's interesting that you bring that up because it, that is so true <laughs> that among the, the slavery abolitionists, there were those who had different opinions. But I got to tell you, like, let's think this through. I'm I'm willing to strongly suggest, right, that there were slaves who suffered the brutality of slavery who were satisfied while they waited for freedom to be ushered to freedom. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I would imagine that those who were able to, to make it to freedom, right. Were mm -hmm. happy while they waited for there to be a national recognition of the fact that people are made in the image of God yeah. and therefore not property and yeah. should not be owned. It's, I don't yeah. know. I, I, it's, it's, it's it is interesting, yeah. and I do think that it's a conversation worth having. Um, I think to the point that you've made before on this program, um, the people that we, you know, tend to agree with could strongly suggest, you know, where we ought not to be. <laughs> like sometimes the people that we find ourselves on the same side of, of, of the argument um, might just be an indication that maybe there's something that we don't understand about this. I know that in Kansas, you've got, I thought I read an article yesterday. I don't have it here in front of me, but I seem to remember that Planned Parenthood mm. had $13 million in Kansas. <laughs> and as I was reading this, I think it was, um, it was students for life action that had a million dollars in Kansas um, to bring awareness to the value of them both amendment. And I thought, wow, Mm. 13 million, <laughs> 1 million, mm. like, so 13 yeah. million coming, coming from Planned Parenthood to, to say, Hey, Kansas voters vote. No. Um, then you've got the American civil liberties union of Kansas, um, and organizations like I have this in front of me, unite for reproductive and gender equity, <laughs> trust women, and of course, Planned Parenthood, um, all rallying together and saying, Hey, Kansans vote. No. And so I think, okay, so, so when you have the ACLU <laughs> and you've got Unite for Reproductive and Gender Equity, Trust Women, Planned Parenthood, um, and then they're all saying vote no, to me, it seems that there should be something that for us as Christians, we go, wait a minute. Wait, wait, well, why do you want Dead us to away. vote no? Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. I agree. Giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, but then, you, you know, and I say this uh, jokingly, but. 
with a fair amount of accuracy, I'm a simpleton. So maybe there are things that I don't understand about this. I will tell you this, though, this morning, without apology, I prayed for Kansans and and I prayed that the Lord would open their eyes. Um, and, and also, uh, Kasha Kelly, a former uh, state legislator, was was on with us yesterday, and she mentioned that we need to pray additionally that the vote wouldn't be close. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a great point to make, like just that the, the message needs to be resounding. Um, I was reading an article today that suggested um, some polling data that those who were planning to vote for the amendment um, was coming in at 47 percent. Those who were planning to vote no was at 43 percent. 10% of Kansans um, at the time of this polling were still undecided. Well, today is today. Um, so yeah. decide. I mean, like <laughs> prayerfully decide what, what is yeah. it that you're going to do. I just, it's hard for me when I think in terms of if you've got a burning building and, you know, it's it's filled with people and you say, well, there's no way that we're going to get everyone out of that building that you would just stand outside and watch it burn, you know, and not try to get as many as you could, you know, and, and that's what I think of when I think of the, the incremental changes that could be made um, in an effort to protect life. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's a oversimplification. I don't want to uh, be rude or inconsiderate of genuine abolitionist. Mm-hmm. Right. And and what do I mean when I say that? I mean, people who were thinking I'm going to vote no and that was according to their conscience. I don't I I look I, I understand a person's conscience. I understand that. I hope that we were able to bring enough information and enough insight that there was a better understanding that could lead to a more resounding outcome. Amen. That is that is my hope yeah. and that is my prayer because yeah. sometimes um you know hoping feels like praying but literally this morning I was praying for Kansans and, and just asking the Lord to open eyes. Um, I, I think of I think of the people who will be spared, um, the moms and their babies who will be spared the trauma, um, you know, because Kansans will get to vote on the issue of life. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. goodness, the country is watching, you know, Kansas. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean. If you don't think of Dorothy when you think of Kansas, if you don't if you don't think of, you know, you know what I mean? Like, come on. We're not we're not talking about New York. We're not talking about California. I mean, we're talking about Kansas. It seems to me that this should just be. I don't know. You know, I don't know. All right. Anyways, um, we'll grab the break. We'll come back. I want to look at what's going on with Visa being uh, the credit card company Visa being named in a, a lawsuit. And then also look at the Christian University Seattle Pacific and then talk about puberty blockers. Just kind of catching up on some headlines here. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Trimble Mosaic MSC. So I had this this story in front of me. I want to say it was last Friday, and I thought we'd get to it, but then we didn't, and that's fine. 
Um, but I do want to cover it because you remember us talking about uh, how we have such radical ideologies that are just proliferating um, all across this country. And mm. they're in every area where we live. They're in schools. Unfortunately, they're in churches. Um, they're they're in government. Uh, they're in academia. They're in media. They're in entertainment, all of that. And um, the conversations about human sexuality and sexual identity. Mm-hmm. And I remember us having a conversation about this and saying that whenever you see the cur- the culture kind of lurch back in real time, I'm thinking of Chloe Cole out of California who um, began taking hormone treatment, testosterone when she was 13 years old. And then a couple years later had healthy breast tissue removed a double mastectomy. And now at 17, she is angry. She's angry that she was able to just breeze through the medical community, if you will. And, um, and no one checked her. Like no one said, Hey, this is not okay. Um, she said that she wasn't old enough or mature enough to give informed consent. And one of the observations that I've made about that is that whenever you have that kind of happening, that's it's in real time. It's not like you've gotten 20 years down the line. I've read some articles by uh, people who have uh, so-called transition. There is not actually a transition, but for the sake of this discussion, people know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I've read some articles where you've got people who have written and they're in their 30s and 40s or 40s and 50s. And and they are warning people who are confused and they're saying, hey, just wait. You know, I didn't know this. And so, you know, they're decades down the line. Uh, and then some people in their articles actually start to they communicate the, the regret that began very early on after they made these um, life altering decisions. Mm. But a person like a Chloe Cole is sort of like a real time wake up call for us. Why? Because overwhelmingly. We have our teenage girls who are confused over their sexual identity because they are being proselytized online, right? I mean, if, wow. you, if you think yeah. of the sexual, right. um, this iteration of the sexual revolution, it's it's an evangelism that is taking place of sorts where kids' minds um, are being, you know, turned in a certain direction and they are getting the same message in multiple locations. And Chloe Cole is the representation of that today. She is a teenage girl who was confused as she was maturing, um, kind of didn't like some of the things she saw in herself, which name me one person who's like, no, thanks. Yeah, I'm great. It's like the like, natural I mean, course of life. The natural course you know? of life. Like, I mean, every single kid, guys, every single kid goes through that phase where you're like, how are all of those teeth going to fit inside that mouth? <laughs> the teeth are huge. The teeth, I mean, because they're still, they get the adult teeth, but they're like 10. Like, you, <laughs> right. just remember that you're not done growing. And so this <laughs> used to be very natural. We all understood this, you know, but now we are saying that our kids are smarter than we are and we are to play to all of their feelings. Well, anyway, what I was s- suggesting strongly is that we need to be the ones who recognize that. And I was looking kind of down the line, but here we are um, closer than I expected it to be, that there was going to be a generation that would look at us and say, wait a minute, you guys once thought that women could be men? <laughs> like, really? Like, that's that's actually history? Like, there's, you know, I, I really, and I still believe that there will be a collective generation depending on um, how time continues. But I really do believe that there will be a generation that collectively and a majority, not just like a, a small person here or there or a small group here or there, I believe that there's going to be a collection of people who will say, 
you crazy people, <laughs> right? Like you people who really lacked a lot of intelligence. How in the world did you believe that a person could change his or her gender or his or her sex? Well, anyway, something else that I, I didn't expect to see happen as quickly as it's happened is that the FDA has now put a warning on puberty blockers, hmm. which when you understand how so much of what we used to take for granted as just being science has now become a tool of very specific ideologies. Okay, what we used to think of as science, we used to think of, hey, I can trust that information yeah. because it is based on fact. It is based on research. It's based on data. It's based on something that can be tested and repeated, right? And now we realize that all we thought of science, okay, has been corrupted because a group of people have found ways to use or obscure information. So it's surprising to me that the FDA has been forced to put a warning <laughs> on puberty blockers, which tells me, which tells me that the problem is bigger than what is expressed, mm. which tells me that the problem right. is deeper than what is expressed. Because when you have to do that, it's, it's saying something like when they go that route, it's like, man, this is this is big. It's like it's like, oh, and by the way, the covid vaccines actually are they're uh, causing blood clots in the fine print. <laughs> Man. Tax title and license. It's it's the fast talker at the end <laughs> right, of the commercial, right. right? Whenever you get to that point, it's like you know that it's really big. So here is the story. Um, puberty blockers earned a warning label from the Food and Drug Administration earlier this month. And this was in July. This is the end of July. After six minors, ages 5 to 12, experienced severe symptoms. Five. I'm going to butcher the name of this uh, puberty blocker hormone. But the puberty blocker in question or the puberty blockers in question are known scientifically as gonadotropin. Gonadotropin. I'm going to go with it. Okay. Yeah. Is it play? Go. I'm going to yeah. gonadotropin releasing hormone. GNRH. Okay, there we go. There you go. The minors who were all biologically <laughs> female. Okay, remember how we started out. The minors who were all biologically female suffered from symptoms of um, tumor-like masses in the brain, mm. seeing bright lights that aren't there, swelling of their optic nerve, increased blood pressure, and eye paralysis. Wow. Now, those, again, and I don't, man, I, I wish that I were not, like, skeptical about everything. I don't, I don't want to be that person. You know what I mean? I want to just eat the chicken and, and trust that it's chicken. Like, I want to, I want to <laughs> do that, right? I mean, <laughs> I want to do that. But, 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 man, we live in a time where I just, honestly, I just <laughs> don't, I, I almost feel a little bit naive. I feel like a five-year-old sometimes to just take the information as it's communicated. Because when I read this, I wonder, and what else? Right. And what else? That's what I wonder. I mean, with good reason. I mean, you know, I feel yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we, we, mm. this, we, they've, they're the reason that we're here. Okay. Um, Dr. Jennifer Bowens is quoted in this article, Family Research Council's director of the Center for Family Studies and a licensed clinical psychologist said, we're just going to keep seeing more bad reports. That's what she told the Washington stand, which is where I got this article. Our bodies were not made for these drugs. Right. We're just going to keep seeing bad reports. Our bodies were not made for these drugs. 
Back to the article. So the unscientific campaign to push these drugs on children, quote, isn't going to have a good outcome. Bowen said that she was a little surprised by the FDA's announcement because the medical establishment has suppressed information regarding the harmful effects of puberty blockers. Aren't we all surprised? (laughs) Guys, we get to a really bad place, I think, when we live in a country where we don't trust some of our basic entities, like our basic institutions. And, and I, I kind of think that's where we are. Yeah. We look, we, we largely don't trust government. And I think a lot of people want to, well, let's be honest. Some people don't want to, some people are like, nah, even <laughs> if I don't nah, you know, they just feel like, nope, I'm prepping anyways. But then <laughs> there are other people <laughs> anyway. Um, then, but, but then, so, so you, we don't trust government. And we don't trust our health institutions. We don't know if people are telling us the truth or if they are telling us what has been pre-approved. Right. Right. We just don't know. And so it's very surprising that you would have the FDA come out and put warnings on these puberty blockers, which to me says that the outcomes are worse than we expect or worse than we know. I'll say it that way, worse than we know. I think this is one of those um, mm. one of those confirmations that Christians should just keep telling the truth. Yeah. Right? Like, this Amen. doesn't have to be a shock or a support. Now, I would grab this article to anyone who would talk to, you know, family, friends. I definitely think you want to bring this in, but I wouldn't lead with this. Right. I would I mean, I would I would bring it in as a as a follow up support to my argument. But for for Christians, I mean, we, we don't have to leave. We have the truth. Yeah. We can just tell people the truth and the truth will confirm everything that we're seeing. Like, of course, they're having these problems. Of course, there are these medical issues. Of course, there's the psychological issues associated with telling someone that they can be a different sex when yeah. biologically they cannot. There's nothing good that will come out of going against God's design. So, no. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Let's talk uh, talk about visa. Um, I think this is really interesting because I know that um, the center for let me make sure I get it. The National Center on Sexual Exploitation has been just sort of blitzing um, companies like Visa. And a while back, it was also MasterCard because they were um, complicit in allowing for the the sale of child pornography Mm. on outlets like uh, Pornhub. Uh, and through the parent company MindGeek. And so now a federal judge, and this is very, very interesting. I, I'm, I think, well, I'm going to be watching this to kind of see where it goes because I wonder what these implications, like what this would suggest down the line. But a federal judge ruled on Friday that Visa likely knew it was monetizing child pornography hmm. hosted on Pornhub and other sites owned by its parent company MindGeek which has faced increased scrutiny amid allegations its sites host videos and photos depicting sexual abuse. The lawsuit is uh, Flightus. I hope I'm saying that name right. Flightus versus MindGeek. And it was filed last Monday in the U.S. District Court Central District of California. The plaintiff, a woman by the name of Serene Flightus, alleges that in 2014, when she was 13, Pornhub hosted a sexually explicit video of her. Now, this to me, I think if well, uh, again, I'm not a judge, so I don't know what I don't know anything about the weight of evidence. But if you have a company that posts a video and titles the video 
13-year-old brunette shows off for the camera. <laughs> Dead giveaway. I mean, I'm not an attorney. <laughs> I don't understand the weight of evidence. I I don't know what, you know, I mean, okay. Seems to me that that company would know that you have a 13-year-old. Like that if that's the title of the video, right? Like that's the title of the video. Anyway, back to the article. Visa was listed as a defendant in the lawsuit and filed a motion to be dismissed from the litigation. However, however, that request was denied by U.S. District Judge Cormac Carney. And it's really interesting. This is what Cormac Carney said. I want to make sure that I get his, that I get his quote here. Um, the plaintiff argues in her lawsuit that Visa, one of the world's largest credit card companies, knew that MindGeek's website contained pornography, child pornography, and that the company had failed to purge such content. Hold on. I'm getting to the quote here. Let me just continue with this article, because I think that what this um, what this judge says is really important. Despite this knowledge, the lawsuit states that Visa and its agent banks explicitly agreed with MindGeek to continue to process transactions without restrictions on all MindGeek sites. Now, let me let me unpack this for a second. So so what happened to this then 13 year old girl is that she was coerced mm -hmm. by her boyfriend yeah. at the time and recorded a video that the boyfriend without her knowledge then uploaded to Pornhub which then had millions and millions of views it was then shared across various sites and when she learned of it she even masqueraded as her mom trying to call and and get the the video removed it led to depression and drug addiction. She was eventually homeless because of this. I mean, if you can just wow. imagine the trauma of that. And the video was never able to effectively be removed because of it being shared and saved and then reloaded mm -hmm. or re-uploaded and all of the things that disgusting people do for their own entertainment. So Judge Carney wrote that Visa knew MindGeek's website monetized child pornography. This is what George, uh, Judge Carney wrote. Quote, when MindGeek decides to monetize child porn and Visa decides to continue to allow its payment network to be used for that goal, despite knowledge of MindGeek's monetization of child porn, it is entirely foreseeable that victims of child porn, child porn like the plaintiff, will suffer the harms that the plaintiff alleges. So Visa said, no, remove us as a defendant. We are not in this. And the judge said, oh, but you are. Hmm. The judge said, you knew that these websites were selling child pornography and you still allowed for your cards mm -hmm. to, be, to be used there it's on this website. money. Exactly right. Now, the thing that's really interesting to me about this is that back in 2020, both Visa and MasterCard announced a temporary um, preventative measure where they would not allow their cards to be used on the Pornhub site. MasterCard has stood by that, but Visa They're like they went, want that bottom line. They went back for the dollars. 
this is really, really interesting to see how this all turns out. I wonder what this means for credit card companies going forward. And I wonder what this means for increased protection um, for children who would be sexualized and then have that monetized. Mm. It'll be interesting to watch. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll grab the break and be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. It doesn't matter what it is. You just bring in a choir <laughs> and that that will kind of just kind of set it off there. Just bring in a choir. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's always you. We are messengers. All right. Let's uh, open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You can comment on anything that we've talked about today. I have one more story that I want to get to, but I know that we have a caller uh, holding. And so we can go to the phone lines, and then um, I'll just kind of weave that story in uh, around the conversation. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Jerome in Texas. Hi, Jerome. Hey, how you doing, uh, Will the Great and uh, Mickey Addison? How are you? Doing Hello, well. Hello, doing well. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot. Listen, I remember, uh, I think it was last week I wanted to call because uh, you and Will were pretending for our benefit that you sometimes have disagreements in your marriage, and I really appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, brother Jerome, a little bit better about. <laughs> oh, brother Jerome. <laughs> and then, and then there was a comment uh, uh, about LeBron James not being able to mentor his children, and I just thought that that might be the best case scenario. Um, for <laughs> oh, brother Jerome, man, you are on it today. Okay. A little bit of a roll, right? Okay, but today, but but, but today's uh, information was about incremental. I think uh, uh, pro-life. I think uh, you know the, the legislation. Sure. I think we cannot take an all-or-nothing approach on this. Although spiritually, of course, we're all or nothing at all, mm-hmm. and we just really need to be grateful and thankful to the Lord for opening up this uh, avenue for us to begin to hopefully change hearts and minds mm-hmm. so that they see um, things differently. And it's difficult for me to understand how people cannot see certain things clearly, but on the other side of it, maybe they feel the same way about me being a mm. Christian and not being able to see their point. So um, I'm just very thankful um, about Roe v. Wade. And I'm also, I also have a, a bit of a question. It's kind of a rhetorical question, I guess. Sure. What if the Lord is using this Kansas opportunity and all these different state opportunities concerning abortion law to divide the wheat and the tear? I mean, he already mm. knows who's who, but this could be a metric that decides where you really are in Christ. And I'm going yeah. to let you, let you talk about that a little bit. 
thank you. That's a great question. That's a great observation. I think whenever there is a question of sin and righteousness, the Lord is causing a separation or the Lord is making the separation more pronounced, right? I mean, the person who chooses sin, who chooses to remain in his sin, who rejects the grace of God, he has caused the separation, right? Like the the Lord uh, has invited us to come to him. So um, I, I want to make sure to make that clear. But yeah, I think wherever a person chooses death, chooses to remain um, in darkness, yeah, there is a there is a separation that happens there. You know what's interesting to me about um, something our our brother Jerome just just alluded to here when he said, you know, I don't know um, how people wouldn't be able to see that, you know. And and I was thinking as he was talking that it's really interesting that the opposition, so those who are pro-death, those who want unrestricted murder of babies, if they were to win, let's just go for a second to a place that none of us really wants to go. But let's just say for a second that they won in Kansas. You know what's interesting is that they're not going to say, hey, you know, the only reason we won is because the Kansans value life so much that they were willing to wait until they got all that they were after. They're they're not going to say that. This will be billed as, see, people want abortion. You see, people want the the quote-unquote right to murder their babies. They probably wouldn't use the word murder, but we know that that's what it is. And so I think that all of that has to be taken into consideration. People are not going to, the opposition is not going to step back and say, oh, we only got this because they were like trying to protect all babies. You, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is, yeah. that's not what's going to be expressed. It just right. looks like a win to them. Right. It's just going to look like a win to them. And I think the faithful, um, as, as much as your conscience allows, um, should vote faithfully. That's, that's my encouragement. Um, and, and I, having laid out all of the information, right. you know, right. good grief. I, I could, you know, anyway, yeah. I would, I would vote to value them both if I were going into a voting booth today or walking up to a voting table, depending on the size of your little city. All right. Uh, Will the Great, let's go back to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Where do we go? All right, let's go to Dustin in Oklahoma. Hi, Dustin. Hey, God bless you guys. How y'all doing? God bless you. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Dustin. Oh, yeah, I was just, uh, I just want to praise Jesus first and foremost. Just save me from the bottle. I'm Recovering mm. addict, alcoholic. God. Glory um, to God. I just just got you know getting closer. I'm diving into the Word again. But uh, I was just making a comment about the whole you know Pornhub mm-hmm. situation and that young person. I suffer with uh, you know pornography, and I'm, I'm going through. It. I get it. Uh, but I think this is an, an example of why the Bible should be at least in the health class. Uh, you know, for schools, because without sounding putting the blame back on the thirteen-year-old, I don't, I don't want to come off that way. I know, man. But maybe if she was, if we teach our kids in school that you know this is against, this is you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. It's a sin. Right. At a younger age, it's possible that they might, you know, when they get into that situation, no, I was taught not to, you know, take pictures and do this until I'm married. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, and I would say, man, this is the job. Thank you, Dustin. Of, Thank you uh, for us to do in our homes, you mm-hmm. know, like we have to make sure that we're using the word of God and teaching our children at home, you know, what the word of God says. You know, it would be great for a school to reinforce <laughs> that. But we as the parents, man, like we have a, a big task before us with all this stuff that's happening, you know, in, in our world that like we got to put the, the word of God in front of our children as much as we can. 
Absolutely. In fact, I, I will say this, um, this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we are going to be in the Plano area yeah. at uh, North Dallas Community Bible Fellowship. Yes. All that. No- I, I know that <laughs> Pastor Dames is listening. Pastor Dames. Church name is coming up for a vote. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's like, you don't make that decision. I'm just kidding. Um, North Dallas um, Community Bible Fellowship. I feel like Pastor Dames, only because I know Pastor Dames, okay, and we're friends, all right? I feel like they were like, let's include all of them. Like, I feel like they were <laughs> Anyway, we're going to be there. You know people are going to be scowling at us. Just you just direct all of your scowling to Will. <laughs> oh, he can handle okay. it. Yeah. I cannot. They're like, but you said it. Minor details. Listen, the, the reason I'm bringing that up is that we are going to be participating in a Disciple Life family conference uh, this weekend, and we're going to be talking about holiness. One of the presentations that I'm giving is preparing your kid's mind, preparing mm. your kid's mind. How do we prepare our disciples' minds? And I guarantee you there is some information that I have never presented before that will be included in that presentation and some video there when we're talking about how we get our kids ready at home. There are attacks that are happening against our children right inside our homes where they are, they do not have the mental wherewithal to weather what is coming Mm. at them. They, they Mm. don't, they have not been prepared, right? They don't know how to stand against what's coming at them. And it's a lot. And I'm going to be showing that this weekend. So if you can make it, if you can come out, um, I think it's going to be worth it. It's going to be one of those things. And praise the Lord, the Dames family and um, the church there, they love us because I give disclaimers, but people <laughs> need to see, they need to understand. I think, and we said this before, we said this when we were in North Carolina at the refuge. Um, we think that because our kids are not asking questions and sharing things with us that we know everything. Mm. I guarantee you, you don't. I guarantee you, I don't. I have to ask questions. I and And man, I don't want to exaggerate this to make the point, but let me say very strongly, when I ask questions, I learn things I did not know. Mm-hmm. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. I, when well, I yeah. ask questions, I learn things for sure Definitely. that I did not know. And I'm always glad on the other side that I'm just I'm just asking. Hey, we're just talking, you know. Anyway. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines. Will the great 888-589-8840. Where to? Let's go to Cynthia in Texas. Hi, Cynthia. Hello. How are you doing? doing Hi, fine. Cynthia. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hey, I I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard for me to get started, except, you know, it's just like you call it, you know, these people that are for killing babies. You know, just I don't understand, you know, how can mm. somebody be so proud of killing, you know, of murder, and especially mm. of an innocent baby. But, mm. you know, we go back to Romans 12, I mean, excuse me, Romans 1. Well, you mm. know, we're yeah. at a stage now, we're at the reprobate mind, right? Mm. So this, I think, and, you know, you mentioned Kansas, you know, what they're going through right now. But, you know, I, I kind of thought about it. Why would they be so about just killing babies? Well, you know, well, the people that are for sex trafficking, prostitution, you know, they're trying to legalize pedophilia mm. and uh, incest. And then this, worst of all to me is like bestiality. Well, you know, it's legal in Germany and has been. And you think about. Klaus Schwab, that's, you know, World Economic Forum, and that forum that seems like he's in control of determining the fate of the world. Hmm. Well, see, you know, and he's German. But anyway, just it all comes down to just people being promiscuous. And we just, but like I said, it's just, it's a sexual sin. Hmm. It's sin. Yes. And yeah. we don't want to call it that. 
But this is what's happened, and this is why the church, the true church, needs to stand up mm. and say, well, no, but if you're already part of the sexual sins and other sins, mm. were you afraid that if you say something, somebody may come back and say, what about you? Mm. Listen, it's so interesting to Mm. our sister. It's so interesting that you went to Romans 1. I I actually had my Bible open to Romans 1, 32 for the other story that I was going to get to. We're not going to get to it today. We're going to go back to the phone lines um, because I was thinking about the implications of, of that story and looking at Romans chapter 1, verse 32, where the Bible is very clear that not only do those who do the previously offensive things that are listed in Romans chapter 1, not only are those people who do those things guilty, but people who give their approval to those things. And I think that's the time that we're living in, where whatever it is that God says, we live in a time and a culture because man has not retained God and his knowledge, right? And all of the things that he has acquired and all the things that he sought to know, he's not retained God. So he is futile in his thinking. And so in all of those things, it's like whatever God says, don't do man seeks to do whatever God says, do man says he won't do. And I think it is that kind of manifest rebellion against God that we are living in the midst of. And, And so what is, what is required of us to remain faithful to the truth of God's word? Look, we're, we're going to have stories that will come along and will confirm our conviction biblically. But please don't need that to stand on the word. Oh, that's good. Please don't need that. Please let the word be sufficient. Oh, let the word amen. be enough. Amen. And that comes by relationship. That comes by constant use. Hebrews chapter five teaches us like the, the use of the word of God teaches us to discern good from evil mm. so that the scriptures become sufficient. And then when you happen upon these things where you're like, oh, man, that, that's scientifically confirmed or here's this, whatever. Those things just become extra, but you are, you're resolved ahead of time. You're mm-hmm. like, no, I already believe it. God said it. I believe that the word of God, I believe that the Bible is the word of God, that the Bible is the word of God. Can I say this? And then, um, and then I'll, I'll be done. We have to teach our children to trust the word of God. Yeah. Their generation does not trust the word of God. This is something that we fail to pass down to them. We are we are more content with paraphrasing and kind of like taking out of context here and there. And so then they 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 confuse the word of God with like encouraging statements. Right. But what we've got to do is teach them to anchor their hope and their faith and all of their practice in the word of God so they can stand in their generation. Same thing's true for us, um, by the way. All right. Well, really great. Where do we go next? Let's go to Dawn in Ohio. Hi, Dawn. Hi, how are you? Doing fine. Hey, Dawn. Oh, God, you guys talked up all my time. (laughs) (laughs) Your time, (laughs) Dawn? Go ahead, Dawn. Oh, Lord, Okay, but I'm not going to even go into what I was going to go into. Oh, this is Dawn, Dawn. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to have time to go into what I wanted to, but this is what I do want to say real quickly is that, um, Miki, you are my role model. I was blessed, and I got an honor and an opportunity to be start a support group here at a shelter, a women's a homeless shelter, and oh, I'm going to be starting there. And I want you to help me. I want you to be my right-hand girl, and I want to uh, follow after you. So um, I just want to know how I can get in contact with you on this journey. Don't. 
you bringing me to Toledo. Is that is that what we're doing? We're packing up the whole family. Everybody's moving to Toledo. Dawn, stay <laughs> on the line. We'll yeah, get some contact line. information to you. Can I say this? And I think I know what you meant. But can I say follow Christ? Is that too much? Does that is that no, like a Mickey's just being extra? No, I don't good. mean to be extra, but I want to genuinely communicate um, the sentiment of my heart. We follow Christ. That's we make much of Christ. If there's anything that we observe good in somebody else, man, let's let's mark that as the fact that they've been with Christ, right? Like let all glory go to God. But can I also say, Dawn, even though we ate up all of your showtime, we're very sorry about that. <laughs> um, praise God for the work that you are getting ready to do in Amen. Toledo. May the Lord bless that. May he bless the work of your hands for his glory. All right, we are out of time until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.